People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, inviting you to join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can follow us on Facebook. You can reach us with your comments, questions, suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for our long-awaited YouTube channel. And now on with this week's episode. Hello and welcome and once again, Brothers Talk family around the world, wherever you're listening in and wherever your critical thinking and relevant conversations take place, promoting activism to uplift our people. As always, to our first-time listeners, thank you for tuning in to help us carry on the work of using our minds to encourage and educate, as well as endorsing and inspiring new and existing Black business opportunities to empower and enrich the Black community. As we acknowledged last time, it appears COVID is our new reality, but we'll keep our focus on urging everyone to stay vigilant and be careful when you're out and about. Wear your mask that help prevent the spread of other respiratory infections as well, like flu and RSV2. And you can also still get vaccinated and or get those booster shots. As people are still dying at a rate of over 400 people a day from coronavirus or its complications each week. And while that's a decrease from last week, just remember that soon we'll be in times of spring breaks and Easter, which means traveling and the obligatory spikes that always follow. And as we continue to say, not only do you not want to be the one to get it, but you certainly don't want to be the one transmitting it to your medically fragile family and friends. We've now surpassed 1.2 million people who've lost their lives from the scourge of coronavirus. And again, a thought, 1.2 million people is more than the population of St. Louis, Richmond, Virginia, Pittsburgh, and Jacksonville, Florida combined. Come on, people, we can and we must do better. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Thanks, Rod. Um, And as always, family, thank you for your continued support. Um, And I have to agree with Rod again. I know I do a lot, you know, like-minded people think alike. But, you know, the pandemic, if you hadn't noticed, is there's a new strand out there already, and it's really not going anyplace. And we're still getting um, information that's not, we don't, I don't know what to believe right now, you know, because I just heard something about, you know, if, you, if you've had the virus, you know, your, your, your immune system, you're more immune than getting the vaccine and to like nine times more immune. I don't know how they measure that. But um, I don't even know whether it's true or not. And and that's part of the problem, you know, just all of the misinformation that's been going on out there. But if for me, I would be safe and get, get vaccinated. And I continue to wear my mask, even though they're going to get rid of the mask mandate. Most people have already done it. Be smart and take care of yourself and your family. And when you do shop, go out and support, uh, shop black and support black businesses. Norm? Thanks, Scott. I just became aware of the amount of students that we have in our public school system that are not on grade level. And looking at the city of Baltimore, there are 23 schools, public schools, where not one of our students 
are actually on grade level in mathematics or reading. And I just wanted to put that out there so we can become aware of the situation, how tragic it is right now, and how we can maybe keep control of our school boards and put more emphasis on our young people because they are the future of our community and our nation. Thank you, Norm and Scott. Now, Norm, you've invited a fascinating guest to be part of the mix, and we're so pleased she agreed to spend a few minutes of her time with us to share about the great work that she's doing. So, Norm, please introduce Sister Janelle Johnson to the Brothers Talk family. Well, I've had the great pleasure of uh, meeting her and working with her in the community. She's a fantastic community activist and development specialist. She works with all levels of the community in all different facets. I don't know where to begin, from housing, food, clothing, development, child development, what have you. And I'm just going to turn the floor over to her so she can introduce ourselves herself to our listeners. Janelle? Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for having me on, Rod, Norm, and Scott. Uh, my name is Janelle Johnson, and I'm here representing uh, the POP program. And POP stands for Prevention, Opportunity, and Preparation. Our program is developed to end the debilitating cycles of poverty by empowering individuals, youth, and family, which more than likely encompasses the whole community. How we do it is uh, we help all with specifics on young people. As you were saying, Norm, um, there is a disparity in learning in our public schools, uh, Inglewood in particular right now, um, about 75% of the students, well, 80% of the students are not on grade level altogether. That is in their reading, that is the mathematics, as well as the sciences. So what we try to do is we try to make help the young people make positive, effective, responsible choices by introducing leadership and life skills. So we we work uh, very hard at being able to have them reshape their thinking. And what we do is we our model is we're not a brick and mortar. So we are a, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. However, we we couple with hosting agencies. So an agency can be a church, an agency can be a recreation department, an agency can be an existing nonprofit. And what we like to do is provide fun, safe, and healthy environments for children to discover socialization. So because of COVID, everybody has been in somewhere, right? Everybody has been home and they have not been socializing the way that we are or have been accustomed to. So our programs and workshops um, just provide those cultural activities and events for all. We do focus on those um, who are at a lower economic, social economic status and those who are at um, disadvantage, but our activities are very engaging. Uh, we offer lessons based on um, grade level standards. And again, it's designed to teach life skills by way of, by way of academic enrichment. So I know that was like a, a whole big sentence, but that's kind of in a nutshell what we do. And, and, and my background is, as you said, Norm, um, I went to Bloomfield College and I have an undergraduate degree in sociology um, with certifications in affordable housing. So uh, community develop is near and dear to my heart. My passion is to definitely help the less fortunate as I grew up in poverty myself. And I know that the way out of poverty is either um, having a great opportunity 
being exposed and, and education. Janelle, that's tremendous. You actually anticipated my question, which was going to be about how did you become inspired to get involved in this work in the first place? So I'll move mm -hmm. to the next question, which okay. is what have you seen that has changed in the time from when you first began getting engaged in this process to the current day? So um, what I have seen from when I have first gotten engaged, um, I've been doing this right for uh, roughly about 15 to 20 years professionally. Um, I've been doing it on with my group of board members for about three to four years. Um, within my professional uh, scope, what has changed is there's, there's a, a disconnect. Um, we have started in the social service field, serving people as if um, it's kind of like McDonald's. I've read this book, The McDonaldization um, of America, and it's kind of trickling down into how we service each other, right? We try, when I say we, I say, I'm saying we for the POP program, we try to engage and provide a humanistic feel, but other agencies really they receive funding, but they don't help as they should, or they don't follow their mission. So I do see a decline in services or the way of services are, that are provided. And I could be wrong. So Norm, Norm lives within our community. I'm, I'm not sure where everybody is at, but um, I, I think that there are some amazing organizations that help, but there the majority is, you know, it's not my problem or it's five o'clock and I'm going to leave the community and go go back to where I live, and it's, it's no longer the issue. Well, we always uh, like to hear from people who are on the ground. Janelle, um, interesting organization you have there, and I, I think it, we have more, we need more organizations like the one that you're, you're a part of. I used to be a school teacher, so I, I, I've seen um, the changes in education, and, 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 and I work for the Department of Education. Uh, one of the things I see the problem in, in education is that we're still – the, the paradigm need to shift. We're still teaching and educating our kids like we did, you know, 50, 60 years ago, where if you take a look at, you know, the Indians, Asians, uh, people from the Middle East, uh, they understand that uh, we're living in uh, information. Information is actually information technology. And so IT, they put a lot of their emphasis in educating their population and uh, if you can just take a look in this country, who are the people who are the developers in, in terms of IT? You know, how do you move, how do you shift this, the, the, the way of thinking in this country? Because you have so many stakeholders, you know, uh, teachers unions, politicians. How do we shift that in a way that is going to help our people, our young kids? and focus on IT. Uh, everybody see that the million billionaires and the millionaires, they should see that those are the people, they made their money primarily, uh, the, new, the new millionaires and billionaires do IT. But yet, our kids are still focusing on uh, music, hip-hop, rap, and athletics. So how do we engage the community and just just the country in general into moving, shifting the paradigm on the way we uh, educate our kids. I believe, Scott, the way we do it is making normalizing normalizing STEM. 
first and foremost, right? Normalizing that, hey, um, right now, currently, is is for some or for most, I'll say, like you said, our community, we're still on um, sports. We're still on, hey, let's let's be the next best, greatest R&B singer and or rapper. And we don't highlight enough how many people that are a part of um, engineering. So what we have done is we have um, partnered with the Bergen County Links Incorporated, their chapter. And um, what they do is they provide us a robust STEM program through the National Society of Black Engineers. And um, we offer the class Zoom and in person. And what we try to do is we venture out of the community and we really take the kids and we go through a list of black and brown people who who are in this field of IT, who are the developers. And we, we do have discussions about people going to work um, at Google. That's right here in, in New York City. And we, we, we kind of push and motivate the young people to excel in math and science because Long are the days, although they are coming back, but long are the days going for trades, right? And we all know, and I, you guys can tell me if you're if I'm wrong, but when we go to school, we set up an achievement to go to college, and then once we're out of college, if we don't have an additional certification or an additional license on top of our degree, what good is that degree outside of it? It has given us an opportunity to develop ourselves, right? And some people go into school and then they decide after their four, four years or six years, I don't want to do this anymore. So um, what can happen to change is being able to expose and show our young people their other opportunities outside of the, the normalized, um, I guess, stereotype of, of going to, to, to be involved in, in the industry of entertainment or sports. You know, I'd like to discuss the work you've done in housing locally, especially finding housing for the people who were displaced after Ida, the hundred or so people in, in the HUD facility. Could you expand on that experience? Sure. So um, my work in housing kind of stems from, not kind of, but it stems from initially working as um, a property manager in Newark in the early 2000s. And that's where I've, I've learned about um, property-based Section 8 and then um, went on to do further workshops and, and courses to um, get a certification in the Housing Choice Voucher. Um, it, it runs, they call it a, a fair, fair market rents, and it, it changed from zip code to zip code. And what happened in our instance here in Inglewood uh, during her, Hurricane Ida Everybody was displaced. So we were able to, when I say we, the housing authority, Inglewood Housing Authority was able to um, reach out to me through um, the Bergen Family Center. And because of the expertise, um, I just knew how the vouchers work. Um, I also knew that there's percentages, everything is calculated. That's another thing too, Scott, to kind of build on what you were saying about like the IT and just knowing like the data, data sources and and things like that. I think without having that experience, I probably wouldn't even have been able to step in. So um, to expand upon um, Norm, because of the experience that I had and because I knew how vouchers work, and a lot of people don't, even when um, sometimes you're issued a voucher, 
people will say, okay, well, where do I go to look or how much can I afford? And a lot of people don't know that the Section 8 voucher program is a standard basic rent amount. But if you have additional income, you can go up to 40%. They counted on a, a 30%, but if you have additional income, say for instance, if you had if you were a working single mom or a working family of, of a mom, a dad, and maybe a child, a household size of three, and you had your Section 8 voucher. And if you weren't educated by your worker and they say, well, you can only afford um, $1,400 for a two-bedroom, then you would either lose that voucher or not be able to find housing. But if you if you were explained, and also the people would have to be trained as well on how to utilize the voucher. So the long and short of it is I knew that the vouchers can go up to 60% of the fair market rent within our community. So although um, we use the vouchers at 100%, housing authorities are able to raise that that level. So because I had that information, I, I told Domingo, who's the executive director currently at the Housing Authority of Inglewood, and being able to advocate and being able to have those discussions and um, have him go to HUD and go to the state to get that approved based on the extenuating circumstance um, has definitely helped out more than I want to say 80, 80 of the 130 residents. They all were able to be placed. That's outstanding. And so for our last question, Janelle, can you mm -hmm. talk us a little bit about the need for people outside of your organization to be able to help and contribute and how can they go about doing that? Okay, we, we definitely need volunteers. Um, I'm more of, I would like people who have experiences. Um, I'm going to keep on going back to you, Scott, experiences in different um, arenas and different sectors of the world. Because again, the whole thing for us is exposure. Um, we have a website. They could go to www the letter N as in Nancy, themeantime.net. And when they go on our website, they'll be able to see our full programming. Um, at any given time, they can reach out to us. Is a, a link you can click on to contact us, and they can just volunteer. Honestly, we we need people. We need um, people that represent the Black and Brown communities, as well as others, to show um, or to come in and speak. Like my whole thing is, I value our human resources. Um, monetary resources can help as well. Uh, we are a brick, a non-brick and mortar place, so we kind of are mobile. The pop program, people says the pop program is popping. Like we move around um, throughout Bergen County. So it's for me, for us, for the agency more so. We we would like people to volunteer time. Again, that is tremendous, and you have been Janelle Johnson of Pop, <laughs> who is a community activist par excellence. And we certainly want to invite you back anytime to come and share with us any updates on your program and whatever else we can do to support. We're certainly going to put that website, which we're going to encourage all of our listeners to go to, to learn more about your organization and to certainly get involved because at the end of the day, that's what we are about. In our Black Business Spotlight, while we're still in Black History Month, our ongoing challenge to everyone in the Brothers Talk universe is to do four things. One, find a new Black business every day that you didn't know about, whether it's online or networking with a family or friend, member or friend. Second, 
Buy something from a Black business each week. Third, encourage and challenge everyone you run into to do the same, especially those from non-Black households, as how that can be how they can celebrate Black History Month in a meaningful way. And fourth, let us know how you're doing with those three activities as we'd love to share it with the rest of the world. You can share with us and follow and communicate with us by sending your comments as well as questions and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. That's a wrap for this show. And as always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Until the next program, know that we sincerely appreciate your time and interest and rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And finally, remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.